Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. I'm here with my awesome girlfriend, Amy Kresmano Word. You got it. Yes, girl. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wanted to always make sure I say it right. You're good. It's okay. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so I'm much so, for coming. I'm so glad. I'm really excited about this. We have been girlfriends for over a year. Yep. Amy and I know each other sort of through business. She runs a printing company with her husband, Speed Pro Images. Um, is that the full name? Speed Pro Centerville now. They took the imaging out. Oh. That's new. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. I didn't know that. Because people that. thought that we did x-rays. <gasps> Oh. Some lady came in with her doctor's orders, not to our studio, but somebody else's, what? because it says imaging and it has that little bleepy thing that looks like a yes. heart in a flat line. So they took that out. Wow. <laughs> the flat line they took out, and they took out imaging so that people would not think we were a doctor's office. No. So we are Speed Pro Centerville, wow. located in Manassas. That's another story for another <laughs> oh, podcast. <laughs> so many life lessons people can take away from that. <laughs> that like, right. okay, you know, is what you're projecting the image <laughs> that you want. Exactly. That is so funny. Business and personal, right? Yes. Okay. So, yes, you run Speed Pro Centerville, Centerville. Yes. and a printing company. Yes, not an X-ray. <laughs> so we we met each other through business, um, networking and whatnot, and then we are we're we're currently in an awesome empowering women's networking group together. And then the other really fun thing is you started a Facebook group that was just all about encouraging and uplifting women. So from day one of meeting you, you have been a cheerleader, an encourager, not only to me, but I feel like all women. I see you just killing it. You are in the fitness industry. I've actually heard yeah. you're a really big deal in the fitness industry. Uh hello. I did not know this. I knew you were a big deal, but like oh, I don't that's news to me, deal. so I don't yes, know. Yes, you are. And so I see you killing it, teaching your classes, and so yeah, I just said, "You are so awesome. I want to talk about kind of how all how that all you all, all that you. stuff." So, yeah. I'm glad because I I love to talk about it because I love to be a part of that. I have so many women that I admire so much in all sorts of industries and moms that don't work and yeah. I just love to add or take away from all those groups of people so if I get a chance to speak on anything and then have conversation back it's mm -hmm. like it's a, such a learning experience for me all the time so then I usually hopefully mm -hmm. take whatever happens and then go yes. put it off usually in my classes so my poor class people they get all kinds of stuff that's so funny. they thought they came in to ride a bike or lift some weights and I'm like you're like I'm sharing my yeah. inspirational. Yeah, right. I was having this conversation. That's basically the story of my life. That's why I was like, I want to start recording these conversations. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because you right. and I had such a powerful yes, first conversation, and I was thinking too. What I we can talk about it later. But leading up to your birthday this past year, you did like a walk, not just a walk down memory lane like people do with like pictures. You said you liked journaling earlier mm -hmm. when we were chatting before we recorded, and. It was basically like a, a look into your soul. You yeah. did you did like a personal. And it was purely by accident. It happened literally by accident. I started getting maybe about six or seven days down in it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, stop it. Who, <laughs> who do you think you are? Like, nobody wants to see this. You're acting like a huge, like you've got a big ego. Like, why does no, anybody no. care that you're turning 50? But I forgot in a way that I was posting it. And that happens, right? So Facebook, yeah. like sometimes you put a f post on Facebook Sometimes you know you're putting it out to the masses, and other times you feel like you're just talking to a few people and forget that it's like your entire Facebook yeah. people. So when I was doing this, it was to 
my mind was on my close friends or women that I spoke with that were having a really hard time with their age period, no matter where they are. And 50 was like a really, is a huge one for people, women really, maybe men too, I don't know, but women for sure. Yeah. So I just didn't have a problem with it. I just didn't even care at all. And I'm not sure why. It just, I love birthdays and celebrations. I just do. I think it's really a great time. And I just didn't really, I think I had a bleep where I thought maybe 50 was like, oh my gosh. And then I just didn't, it didn't even bother me. So I was looking through some pictures, kind of just do a post like, hey, whatever, this is some cool stuff that's out of my life. And I started thinking about the comments I was getting back from women about the fact that my birthday was coming and how they wouldn't, they wouldn't even say how old they were. Mm -hmm. They don't celebrate their birthday ever. They've never celebrated 50. And I was thinking, God, that's so sad. Like, why are you hiding from that? Like, it is, you are. Why are you making that so, such a depressing thing? And then they were saying about their life and and the hardships and whatnot. And so what I thought about, and it's Facebook or anything, any social media, we all know this, is like that's everyone's highlight reel, right? We know that. It's such a cliche to even say it, but it's just, it is. It's everyone's highlight reel. Every now and then somebody puts something on there that's rough. But for the most part, you, you know, take 10,000 pictures and pick the best one. You know, (laughs) my eyes were closed, like all the team in pictures yesterday. There's probably one that wasn't. I didn't post any of the ones with my eyes closed. (laughs) Of course not. I want to look cute. So I picked the one with my eyes open. And as I was doing this, it ended up being a countdown to 50. So I started yeah. at 50 days, and every day I did the countdown to, to one. And what it did was cause me to self-reflect and mm-hmm. go through my own highlight reel. Because when you look in your Facebook photos, like you go into your yes. own photos and scroll, that is – you are living your best life. Yeah. And if you've been on Facebook for a while, that's like a, maybe – a decade yeah. of amazing times. Yeah. And so as I started selecting those, I was like, wow, that, oh, I forgot about that. And then some of the people that were in the pictures, year after year, I didn't even realize I had been friends with these women for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And most of them were in the gym. So it's like this sweaty outfit, this sweaty outfit, and none of us have makeup on. Our hair's a mess. Like we all look like a hot mess, but I'm smiling with all these same people yeah. over and over. And some of them were the same ones who were having a really hard time with their age. And that's how that whole thing came about. And I just thought, this is freaking awesome. Like, look at my cool life. Yeah, Yeah. I've got tons of struggles right now. Yes, I've been through a million. I'm going to have a million more. But look at all the great things that have either come out of some of those struggles Mm -hmm. or the people that have been around me that got me through those. Yes. So then I just thought, if I can just share this because what's making my heart feel so good, maybe other people will look at it that way. And if I get the opportunity to explain, that's what that was about. And that's what happened. People just started coming up and going, that is so cool. I never thought about my life like that. I never thought about looking back at all the really cool things. It wasn't a, they weren't, it wasn't about me. It was about like changing the way that you view. Exactly. All of that. That's what, yeah, that's what you kind of talked about. And it was your mind shift. I felt like that's what I remembered it from huge. it. It was being honest with this is kind of what I thought, but then this is what changed. And I feel like what I hear a lot and, you know, kind of what my goal of the podcast is, is talking to people, mm-hmm. is that people tell me a lot, and I think it's true for you too, that you say what people think. Mm-hmm. So all of your friends were struggling with their age too, and you were willing to put it out there. Right. And by doing that, you made everyone feel connected and seen and not alone. Right. And so, you know, that's like the goal of sharing is it gives yeah. power it gives power to you when you share your story and it gives power to other people too so and i think the other thing that happened was like some of the people i didn't know very well that would say make those comments but others of them were my dear friends and i didn't realize that they were so upset about their looks or their mm. age or whatever and it broke my heart because i didn't see that in them mm. and so for them to come to me and be like i can't believe you're doing that i can't believe you're saying that you're going to be 50 like Oh my gosh. And they went into these stories about yeah. how unhappy they were in certain areas of their life. 
And I was like, wow, I don't even like you're carrying all that. And I don't see it. No Mm -hmm. one else thinks that of you. What a waste to carry that load that only you see because no one else looks is looking at you like that. Yes, And that's why you have to share it. You have to let people that are trusted, you have to share it with trusted people so they can break all of those false reality narratives that you have in your head. Right. Because when you share, we talk a lot about when you share it, you break the shame. Mm -hmm. You know, when you keep it inside, that's when the shame festers. That's exactly right. And so whether it's something like age or whatever, the more you can kind of just talk honestly with people. That's so true. And it's like, you're so right, Samantha. So I, it's like someone sometimes just needs someone else to say, this was big for me. Like my kids slept in the bed with me when they were little. And that was oh, such a no-no. Like, everybody yes. was like, oh my God, you're the worst mom. Oh my yes. God. That, like, you know, some of them for no reason. It was just like, yeah. don't you know you're not supposed to do that? Yeah. I'm like, look, if they're out of my bed by the time they go to college, which <laughs> my son was, so there was nothing, no problem. And then I'm good because yeah. I need to get some sleep. Yep. Like this is, I can't function. You do you. But the, yeah, but the minute that you said that to some lady who was holding her baby, that clearly's baby slept in the bed with them, the look on her face was like, thank oh, goodness. Thank God somebody said that out loud because yes. I've been carrying this around like a yes. burden, you know? Yes. And that, the, so true. The things that you get on and talk about and share is really flushing it out. It's like yeah. getting it out there and then someone else can lighten that load from them yeah. because they know that they have at least one other per- person who's done the thing or yes. whatever. I, I love Rebecca Bertram's quote. I think it was from the very first episode, which is community is a mathematical phenomenon. It divides grief and multiplies joy. And when you talked about her face, when the mm-hmm. mom's holding the baby and you can tell they say something, it's like... It divide it, it like lessened the load. Oh, yeah. It just took off the like I'm not carrying this alone. And I think with friendships too, the more you share when you want to be there for someone, a lot of times we think, well, I can't do anything. But just mm-hmm. by being that listening ear, you're lightening the load for them. Oh, yeah. You're helping them carry it for that that's, time. That's so. exactly right. That's, that's so what good. those deep friendships are all about. Really, yeah. sometimes you want to fix people, but just being there so they can share that, like you said, and get it off of them, even yes. if they pick it back up an hour later, it's like they have that time. It's a break. It's yeah, like it's giving a break. A, from a break. It. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I so, will say this, though. Oh, so yeah, just because I have to do I do have to just be honest. So when I, I had a class the day of my birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was they surprised me with this. It was amazing. Oh. But I will say I walked into the room. And there was these huge like as big as that blanket thing a five and a zero and gold lame balloons. And it was the first time I'd really seen the number. And I was like, Oh, it was like the biggest 50 I'd ever seen. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm actually that. And it kind of freaked me out for a second. Like, like, I'm okay with it, but not that half a century. (laughs) Oh gosh. And I was like, what? And and some on my face must've done something because I was surprised and laughing and like my eyes were like biggest saucers. And my friend Tammy was like, what? I'm like, this is the first time I've really looked at the fact that I'm 50. Anyway, what are y'all doing? We got horns. What's going yeah. on? Is there cake? <laughs> that was the end of that. But um, but yeah. yeah, you know, we did. I won't say that it, like seeing the number didn't like go holy cow, but yeah. it was, it's a number. Yeah, it's a number, and that's a whole discussion for later. But I think a lot of us, I feel better as a human woman person at 50 than I ever did when my body was better, my mm-hmm. butt was higher, my skin was less wrinkly, mm-hmm. my hair wasn't gray. I mean, like all that stuff we had in our yes. 20s, which us old women keep looking at the same we wish we had. That. The person that was inside that 20-year-old shell, mm-hmm. whoo, I wouldn't take her back for a minute. Yes. I would not take her back for a minute. So mm-hmm. that's one thing I'll say about age is that it, it, that's cliche too, but I swear, I think many of us can say like, we yes. have, I feel 25, 30 mm-hmm. in my what I wish I would have felt then from a 
soul standpoint. Yes. You know, my body might not reflect that or my hair might not reflect that. Girl, but I mean, whatever. Are... I don't even care. Like, that's not – no one – when I die, no one's going to come to my ashes or however I do my body mm-hmm. and be like, you know, she was really nice and she did a lot for people. But, God, you know, if she just would have had a better booty or that yeah. – you know, her hair wasn't – I could have liked her more. They're not going to say that. You – have you been listening to me? Because I, you know <laughs> – They're just – they are. They weren't your friends anyway. I, I struggle with my weight. And when I, you know, the pep talk I have to give myself is like, okay, if I'm heavier, do I go to a meeting and say – and I leave and they say, man, she's nice and all, but I would enjoy her so much more. Ten pounds if, lighter. Yeah, if she were just a little skinnier. Like, no! oh, when I saw her, her fat hanging over her pants. I mean, I wanted to laugh at her joke, but just yeah. I couldn't. When she gets skinnier, I will. Yeah. No! Like, that's no, 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 like, no I'm the only one like, thinking about that's it. It's a mess between these two headphones that's yes. going on in our own head all the time. They yes. are just not thinking about that. So, so if we can true. get out of that of ourselves. Yes. Imagine your life. Yes. You could just not worry about that fat roll or that my hair needs to be colored right now and I need to go see Jacqueline Rodriguez. <laughs> like if you were just not even thinking about yeah. that, you could just be whew, more Well, that's why I, I love telling people the crazy – I always say like the crazy sh- mm-hmm. in my head because I need them to be like, no one's thinking. I need that's to say that I'm feeling insecure about my pants or mm-hmm. – and that's like I need to have those reminders from the trusted people that are like, no one cares. Right. No one. And then here's the thing. You do that because none of us see that in yeah. you. And then someone goes, oh, my gosh, she's thinking about that? We never would have thought she was thinking. And mm-hmm. then it frees them up because they stood yeah. up in the meeting and said, oh, gosh, I hope she doesn't see my roots yes. showing. Like the same – it's just like lets it all go. Yep. We're all there together. We're a mess, women. I don't yeah. know how y'all deal with us. I, I think men we... are a mess too, though. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. Men just don't talk about they it don't. too. And that's that's, that's why the podcast, we got some awesome male listeners. And I think one thing I've heard is a lot of couples listen to mm. stuff because – that's the thing. Men don't sit around and talk about yep. things, but they feel it. And so it's kind of figuring out that space or whatnot. I'm actually having a guy come in. We're going to do an episode that's oh, about um, men and kind of connecting and how men do crave connection. Sure. Well, that's why like my mission statement originally was that I want women to feel connected and seen and see others. But I kind of dropped the women part because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's because I used to just work with women a lot or what. But it's like, well, no, I really want people, you know, everybody. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a d- different conversation for a, a different day. It is, it is. Okay, so I wanted you to like I wanted to jump into your brain okay. and be like, what do people need to know, Amy? What what about so, life do you want to share with the world? One thing, one thing I I really want to share because it just keeps coming back up for me is um and because fitness has been such a part of my life for so long mm-hmm. that I thought it would be a good platform or this was a good fl- platform because we all struggle with all yeah. that, those things to share a little bit because again it comes with age where I am now versus where I was before but. Um, so I'll just share a little bit about yeah. that if it's okay. And I um, it. so I started going to the gym to work out when I was 13. I had to get permission from my parents to get like signed into the gym. And gyms weren't a thing back then, like for yeah. kids. Like nobody, there wasn't even like, you know, they train the kids now. You go to like, oh, yeah, all the... 10-year-olds in some like $300 a week camp to be a better football player when they're 20. Okay. <laughs> so we did it too, so I get okay. it. But <laughs> not talking bad about it. We've done it. But um, it just was a different time. So, yeah. You know, I had a lot of turmoil in my house and family struggle and, and issues at home. So that was a, kind of an escape. escape. I needed something to go do. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a, um, an athlete and I wasn't, I was not, I had very low self-confidence for most of my life. And so that was a place where I could go by myself. I didn't need anybody to do it. Mm-hmm. And I could just kind of figure it out, like how to, how to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how I started in the gym, like on the weight floor with like dumbbells and the rowing machine, like really manly things. And I remember this tennis instructor lady having to show me how to use the rowing machine because I'm like a kid. I'm sure she was like, are, are you supposed to be in the daycare? Like, why are you even up here on this floor? 
So it just got started. And I just started to find it to be the place where I could go and like let go of everything because I had to focus on what I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing. And so that's where the whole stepping into the gym first came from. And then, you know, um, jazzercise and things like that came along. And I went to college and took a class in like the cafeteria that some lady used to teach. And that was my first like class experience. Because again, I'm 50, so it wasn't a big deal. Now people do it all the time. The colleges have these amazing gyms, but they did not when I was at school. So I was still a freshman and the lady, and I'm saying lady because she was probably 10 years older than me when she was teaching it, was um, she asked me, she didn't want to do it anymore, if I would teach it. And I've never taught anything before, but yeah. she's like, just bring your boom box and, you know, jump around and do jumping jacks. And it was all that kind of, you know, old Jane Fonda stuff. That's funny. And that was my break out into teaching classes was, you know, a cafeteria. We had to push the tables out of the way And when I was 18 years old at college. Wow. And from that point on, I just started to get, like, a job with the school. So I had the working thing where you get, like, some little bit of money, but you get credit towards your school or whatever mm-hmm. for working, teaching, doing something in the school while you're in class and just continued on. So just been in that whole environment for a really long time. So in that whole from 18 to 50, it's a lot of years. So I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been through my own metamorphosis of body and just like people have other quote addictions to get rid of stuff that be kind of came my good place at least it's healthy but it can also be really unhealthy yeah yeah one extreme to the that's other that's exactly yeah. right um addiction runs high in my family so okay. i was really adamant about not being an addict of drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. but oftentimes when you are the child of <clears throat> someone who's an, an addict you have kind of control issues because yeah. as a young person you have to learn how to control your environment so you know what to expect so yep. i grew up doing that um, so me being in control of my own existence and life is always really important in managing everything. And so because yeah. the gym was my mental escape, I could start to see changes in my body. So like my arms would get firmer and then I would want more, you know, yeah. like I enjoyed doing it. The endorphin rush would come yeah. and, um, and you see the result, like you, you said, see the, the control, yes. you're able to say, see look, the, I can do this and I yep. get this. And yeah. so if I do more, I can do more and I can see more and I can see more. And so yeah. it is the same mindset and at least it's healthy but it's but for me it became it's always been about but is your mind right like I never was anorexic or anything like that I wasn't doing those sorts of things other than the typical kid who was like on a hot dog and beet diet or some ridiculous thing you know how do you think you kept from getting to that extreme then though like because you knew to focus on keeping your mind I did and you know part of my mind I have to be honest wanted to go down that route yeah like I wanted to stick my finger down my throat and throw up because I wanted more and more control. When I saw that I could gain control of my personal self, I was like, oh, I can't freaking control anything else. Yes. But this I can. I can watch the stuff grow and like my pants fit different and I can not eat as much. Like it was just, yeah. it's a thing that happens in your head, oh, you I know? Get, yeah. That freaked me out. So I went through a phase of, I didn't throw up or anything, but I did yeah. go through a phase where I was working out a lot because it just was the place where I went to escape. Yeah. But it was always ticking in, my, in the back of my mind that that is still the disease. And it was so important for me to not have that mm. and to break the cycle. And you probably knew if you gave into it once, oh, yeah. it's like, boom, Forget you would it. be I was down done. the road. I was yeah. done. I could very easily have gone down that road yeah. of like body um, builder. People used to ask me, why don't you train for figure competitions? Because you knew. I knew. So two things. One, if I had not had such low self-esteem, I would have done it. So the only thing that kept mm-hmm. me from doing that it was the fact that I was scared to death to fail. To I didn't think that I was good enough. I, I joke a lot. Um, and 
about like I, it's it's always in a joking way like oh god didn't give me if i would have had the body of britney spears circa 1999 like i would have been a mess because <laughs> i would have wanted validation for my looks because i was a you know teenage girl right. and i naturally would have craved that so if i would have looked like her like dang i would have been in trouble that's right but i'm like you know well i struggle with my weight because it keeps maybe me in check you know and right. um and not like in an in check way, in a negative right, way, but right. just it forces me to work on other parts of me because I am susceptible to right. similar things like that. You well, know, and like I also control. think that your God, your higher power, whomever, yeah. they have a plan for you, obviously. We all know that, right? So he may have known that if he did that for mm-hmm. you, like this is, he's working his plan through you right now. Mm-hmm. If that had been, you had been Britney Spears. You may not have ever gotten here. Yes. You might be on a different path and whatnot, yeah. but like this is where he needs for you to be. Mm-hmm. And so he had to make sure that you got there. And yeah. so taking you off on some stage as Britney Spears, yes. then you might not be here. Who knows? You could be I've doing something else. struggles cool. I have. Well, that's um, – it's funny you, that you just gave that perspective and then we were talking about age. I think that's why, you know, there's – the cliches like with age comes wisdom, mm-hmm. not all the time, but a lot of the time. Right. Because it's like you're able to see – more stories through mm-hmm. but when you're young i just remember when my daughter was born and like she, you know going on a road trip and she was a mess and my mom just being like it's fine it'll mm-hmm. work out and i remember saying something kind of like you don't know that oh yeah you don't know that <laughs> no. and now here we are you know 10 years later and now i look at moms in those same phases yep. and i'm like oh it's not they're not going to go to sleep they're not going to go to college sleeping in no, your bed no. but when you have that one-year-old that's in you know if you have a one-year-old in your bed i mean jeremy and i especially we're we both have that personality that if you do something once it's going to be like that all the time if you let your kids sleep in your bed one time they're never going right. to sleep out of it and that's now it's right. like oh wait if they're sick and they sleep it's like yeah they're not going to sleep all the time with us that's but we right. have that like crazy now they will do that because i did do that <laughs> and so mine literally would not it yeah it was the child in the bed until, yeah yeah and but, that's okay because that's what worked for yeah, you, though. You, you know, know what I mean? Did. Like that's we're, we're no worse for the wear. Exactly. For the that's part. the more when you're out of that phase. So whatever it is, you know, right. using that example. But anything, you just think it's always going to be that way. Yeah. And then when you have the age perspective, you're like, oh, things happen the way they are, or you go off track. You think something doesn't work out, and like we can look back and say, oh, that was God's, you know, or the universe, whatever's protection. Right. That's right. You. But that's at the right. time, it didn't feel, it didn't like, feel that. like that. No, yeah. no. Yeah. So that's yeah. that. So then I just then being probably a little bit older yeah. as I've aged through this whole fitness process and especially now, you know, being at the gym at a fi- as a 50 year old instructor with a couple mm-hmm. of other 50 year olds, a lot of 30s and 20 year olds mm-hmm. and the masses working out now. So, yeah. you know, it's not just old ladies working out. There's kids that are in high school coming to the gym, coming yeah. to the classes. So it be- just became so important to me because I resonated with both groups of people, like the Mm -hmm. younger people, because I'd been there before. But now I'm the age of these other women, and I just wanted them to stay in the classes. I just wanted them to stay because I knew they were going to feel better. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you'll look better because you can't not. Yeah, that's what your goal is, unless you're just you know eating ho hos in the gym and out of the gym. But most people aren't doing that. But I just wanted them to stay, and it became such a soulful mission for me to have them stay because I could see, and I still see it in, in, in classes now, you'll just look at somebody and, and I'll have, I want to tell you this one story, but, and you're just like, this is, this could not be good. Like this person, this could be the end all for this person in, in fitness because yeah. of how they're going to feel in this class. So the biggest turn came from a class I taught, probably it's been 10 years ago now at what was World Gym. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the person wouldn't mind if I said her name, but I'm not going to say it. And um, I was teaching a cycle class. And the way that room was set up, this, you know, the stage is up here and the whole room goes this way. And what was interesting is the back row of the class 
was by the door. So a lot of times the door is at the front and then the back room is like the back is the back. Oh, yeah. So anybody who goes to fitness classes, you know the difference between front row people and back row people. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you don't, front row people, once they become a front row person, they're always going to be a front row person. And that's those are the people that are super confident. They don't mind being up front. They want to be up front. They get upset when they have to be anywhere else. They like to be really super engaged. They want to be right there in front of whoever's teaching so they can see and do everything just right. And they just are front row people. It is a it is a thing. Yeah. And the oh, back row it. people back row person. They, okay. So you know what that is. It's like, hide me in the corner in the yes. dark. I don't want anyone to see me. I really don't want the instructor to see me. But let me just give y'all a little, little tip, back row people. I gave this to my class the other day. Uh-huh. It's like in a concert, like let's say you have a thing for Adam Levine, right? And you mm-hmm. get like this this ticket, the thing where you can stand right by the stage. He can't see you. Mm-hmm. He can see people about three rows back. Mm-hmm. So the back row people are trying to hide from the teacher. I got you all day long. <laughs> you ain't hiding from me. Now the rest of the class, if there's mirrors, can see you too. But it's just a psychological yes, thing. So I told I that to the class. Hide. I said, so you back row people might want to start being front row people because I can't see you when you're up here. Um, that is so funny. So in this particular class, people come in. I'm up there. I've been teaching for a long time now. And lots of people that I recognize in the class, my regular people. And I just get ready to, um, it's about five minutes before class starts and I get ready to look up to go shut the door. And there's this girl that is sitting in the back row right beside the door on the bike. Literally the door is right beside her. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't even see her face because her head is down and for no reason other than that she's like literally trying to hide. She is, and she is a very heavy person at this mm-hmm. point in her life. And she is trying to hide mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. in the back by the door and I could just see it all over her. And I'd never met her before. So I got off my bike and walked back there, took my mic off and introduced myself. And she wouldn't even look at me. Mm. She just kept her head like this the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, asked her what her name was. And she told me, and she's like, this is my first time. I don't think I'm going to stay. I'm probably going to leave. I'm probably going to leave before you start the music. Mm. And my heart was like just pounding because mm. I couldn't believe that she was in there with what I was seeing mm. on her face because she didn't have a friend, so she was by herself. Oh. Oh. And I thought the struggle that she must have made in her own self to get in that door. What it took for her, what to, it even took for go her there, yes. to even be there. Yeah. Like she should have just should have, and I say in quote air quotes, yeah. not even come because she did not want to be there, but something made her come there. Yeah. But she had already told herself she was gonna leave. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my gosh. So I said, Well, no, don't do that. I said it really is just like riding a bike. Ha ha. Like I try to make a joke and <laughs> Um, she's like, I- I'm not going to be able to do anything. I'm going to stand by the door. So if the door opens, you know, please don't say anything. I'm just going to leave. Uh-huh. I said, well, I hope you don't. I really hope you'll stay. And um, she just literally didn't want to talk to me at all. Wouldn't even, yeah. I didn't know what her face looked like because her head yeah. was down. And I was standing there with her. And I didn't know what else to say. And I had to go start the class. And I thought, oh, it's going to make me cry. I thought, um, um, I'm either going to break this person or I'm going to change it for them. I'm sorry. Yes. No, don't and apologize. It terrified me mm-hmm. because that was the first time that I felt like that job was really important to another yeah. human being. And I thought, oh, my God, I could make this person's decision about whether they ever come back in here. And I, they could feel humiliated for mm-hmm. the rest of their life based on what happens in this classroom. And I was like, if I do anything today or the rest of my life in this class, if she stays, then just for this one whole class, yes. then – what I do will have meant. It matters. It, it mattered. Yes. If I don't do anything else with it, if I can yes. just get her to stay in the yes. class, even if she sits, I said, don't even pedal. Oh. The bike's going to hurt. See, it's going to hurt your butt. <laughs> yes. I did. I was like, it is going to hurt. So just sit there. I said, you don't even have to pedal. Just stay and promise me you'll stay in the room. Oh. I looked up at the end of class. 
a couple of times through. She was still there, and I looked up at the end of class because it was pitch black in this room. Yeah. We had no light, so when you turn the lights off, unlike Lifetime, there it was totally dark. Yeah, she was still there. Oh. And I just thought, like, I'm looking up right now. I thought, thank yes. you, Jesus, because – but she got up and got out before I got back there. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, as soon as the song went off and we were stretching, she was out of there. And that started her fitness journey. Wow. And if you saw her now from a physical standpoint, because that's why most people start their journey, yeah. right? She has lost, I think, over 130 pounds. Wow. She is a completely different person physically. But what is most important, and so I continued, She, we continued to be together wow. through all these classes. So I watched her go from not being able to even step up on a, you know, the bench steps where you yeah. do step aerobics when we would get them out and put risers under them. She would just put the thing, the bench down on the ground mm-hmm. and, and she would like not even be able to put her foot on it. Like she had this fear of that. So that's a whole nother story. But these guys wow. at the gym now that got, that she's at Lifetime, that she's training, just got her to do box jump ups Oh, and they oh. recorded it. For her. Yes. I mean, it's the whole, so we talked about that. Oh but at any my rate, gosh. my point with that whole thing is that it really showed me the struggles that men too, I'm sure, yes. we are all going through and how an environment, a group, a room, a person, a moment in time can change all of that. And if she got the wrong instructor or the wrong class or someone yes. making a face at her because she was larger, yes. that would have been the end of that. And, yes. and, and, who cares what size she is other than from her health standpoint of being yeah. like healthy, what would it have done to her spirit for the mm-hmm. rest of her life and yes. how she would then have to undo that on top of everything else mm-hmm. is just so much. And so that's just always been my mission now is to no matter who comes in the room, any room, business or yes, fitness, it's just to make them feel apart because not a lot of people do that for yes. other people. And I'm one of those people who I don't, people don't think that I still can be very low on self-confidence and I still get nervous coming into a room. Like yeah. yesterday when I walked into Team yeah. Wins room late, I was like, oh gosh, like you could feel the energy was already going on. Like I kind of came in and I just wanted to like shrink, you know, like some people be like, oh bam, everybody gets to see yeah. me because I'm coming up in here like, like you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, don't make me sit over there. I'm just going to stand back here by the wall. Yeah. See, I feel that way. And so to compensate, I've I've told the secret. So now everyone listening will know my secret. Yeah, I think we it's, might have the same one. Um, the more confident I seem is the more nervous I am. So when I get real punchy and I'm making joke (laughs) after joke after joke after joke, and it's like, shut up. Like, if I just can't stop, it's like, because I'm nervous. But people don't often see that until I tell them, which now the secret's out of the bag. Um, My mom used to tell me the same thing. She's like, you're trying to be funny and it's not funny. I would try to break it. I would try to break it by being like, you know, trip over my feet, like do something really corny. And I still do it. My husband will say that too. He's like, that, okay, that was really weird. <laughs> Why that was awkward. Why didn't you just walk in the room? Why did you have to fake fall or like something, oh. you know, because I'm so nervous. Like yes. I'm so nervous. Yeah. Um, well, I thought of something while you were yes. talking. Well, um, it's just a simple thing, but I had my aha moment, which was you make people feel like they belong. Oh, and I thank think you. that is wanting you to know that, but for listeners, that that is a gift you can give to people. Oh, that means a lot because that's the best way that I probably didn't sum it up. It's okay. That's why we work together. That's That's what we're here for. Yes. Like, because like you said, you saw her and were touched. And I think that everyone's touched with that story because either you see yourself in either role, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, and everyone I think can see themselves in both roles, no matter what their life circumstances are. And the power that you can have in someone's life and, and, uh, what you can give, you know, you see the quotes all the time, you know, you never know what people are going through and yada, yada. 
And I just love the prayer or the intention, whatever your belief system is and how you want to look at it, is that if you can be a blessing to people and be a light to them, what an impact you can have mm-hmm. for them. And like I said, when you were just talking, I was like, you have such a gift of just making people feel like they belong and that they matter. And that's it's a simple gift to give, I think, mm-hmm. but it's a huge thing to, for someone to receive. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and that's what we all want, really. Yeah. Like, really, when when you think about what most of us are going through, mm-hmm. it usually starts with feeling like you don't belong. You're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You don't matter. You're not being heard or being seen. And mm-hmm. I remember Oprah saying some quote about how all the people she's interviewed from, you know, literally like serial killers and people with schizophrenia to Beyonce. And she said, after every one of those interviews, they all say, say the same thing. And she said, believe it or not, Beyonce did too. I turned the mic off. And Beyonce looked at me. Y'all understand on the air, she didn't, Beyonce did not look at me. <laughs> I wish she did, but she did not. Beyonce looked at Oprah and said, was I good enough? Mm. And Oprah was like telling the story. And she was like, girl, Beyonce was looking at me, asking me if I thought she was good. Like Beyonce. Yes. And that's the point, though, that we all just want to feel like we did a good job and that we yeah. belong wherever we are. And it's so important. It's the awful feeling when you feel like you don't belong or when someone makes you feel like that. That's the worst. And I really get upset when women do that. I'm sorry, but I just think that's so not cool. Like that is bad enough that that happens in like grade school and high school and stuff. But like when you're a grown Mm -hmm. woman, come on. Like we are all on the same team here and and we all need to win together. And men too. I mean, it's it's everybody. We're just all like that. But it's a big disappointment when – I think that's with the – when we talked earlier, the age comes wisdom. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, my mom probably giving me that advice when I was in high school, which is, you know – uh, everyone's so everyone's insecure, and that if they make you feel bad, it's about them, not you. And of course, as a teenager, you're like, uh, "No, mom, it's about me." Okay, <laughs> like they don't like me or blah blah blah. Right, I mean, I'm right, sure right. there's some that didn't, but like, then you get older, and so now when you see someone be, you know, we'll just say, I don't know, catty or whatever the words are, um, it's like, oh, now you get it. You're like, they're dealing with some stuff, That's so right. they're projecting it on other people. Or yep. to make themselves feel better, they might have to put someone down. Right. And so um, – and not to pick on people. It's, I mean, it's something that I try to think of myself too. Like, oh, if I'm doing something, am I doing this to – making it – I mean, for me with comedy and jokes and stuff, it's something that I try to be mindful of is mm-hmm. I don't want to put other people down right. uh, at the expense of a joke. So I try to put myself, you know. Right, right. So I love that self-deprecating <laughs> area. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's I think – then you can recognize that as you That's get right. older and you're But you also to have to be okay with where you are because sometimes you mm-hmm. can see that if you're in a place where you're confident, but if you go into a new environment that you're not confident, even though that worked in one area, you can walk into like, let's say a networking room and you're not really good at networking or in the gym. Yeah. Like maybe you're super amazing in the boardroom. You run a company and you're like yeah. just the boss, but you're just getting back into fitness. So you run stuff in your company, but all of a sudden you run, you go into the gym Sometimes that doesn't transfer or yes. the, you know, the reverse and you're all of a sudden you can't think that same thought you just said, which is, oh, yeah. that's something that person's got not about me. Oh, you're like, oh, no, this is definitely is just for, about me. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so true. Yes. If you're in like a good place, yeah. you can think logically. That's right. That's right. But yeah, if but you're, if you're struggling, not. Oh, my gosh. If I went to the gym, I was thinking of uh, the fitness, the cycle class. I did that like, I don't know, six years ago or something. I went to it five years ago with a friend and I remember, you know. You just described the the seating, and it's like, oh my gosh, yes, we were like one from the back because you know I'm not going to be in the total back, back right, right, right? You know, third row. so I'm third row, <laughs> which you know apparently is perfect vision for the teacher. But I remember I'm with my friend, and 
I was like struggling and they're like, go faster. And I'm like, I have a hard time with cardio. So I'm, I'm going in. I'm like, to, I say to her, I'm like, just go on without me. Just go on. I'll catch up. Just go on. I can't. It's so hard. Meanwhile, you're on a stationary bike right uh, exactly. beside her. She's still right beside <laughs> yeah. you, no matter how slow you're pedaling. <laughs> just go. Just go. I'll catch up. You're walking your bike. Then. Yes. Like, oh, I'm like, this is, it, that made me realize I am never going on a real bike ride with anyone. Right, right. Because I would be by myself. Oh, yeah. Me too. Pe- people that take like the road classes that also ride on the road, men oh. mostly, we say, why don't you come out and ride on the road? I'm like, are you seriously trying to wait for me? Because you're going to be like, you have to get off your bike and wait for me to get all the way up that big hill oh. on 234. Because <laughs> I am not doing that. No, no, But no. you teach class. I'm like, do you see what I do in there? I'm on the bike like three minutes. And the rest of the time, I'm, you know, down there doing the running man and oh, high-fiving people. Oh, so gosh. if you get a workout, I don't. But if everybody else does, it's like more of a party. So. Oh, my gosh. Of course you get a workout. <laughs> you're going. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. That's awesome. Thank, thank you, you for sharing, but also giving back so well, much. Well, thank you, I too, because that. you've really started this for a lot of people, and people who want to share and give have a place to do it, and people who don't realize that they have things to share and give, you're, like, kind of plucking them out of hiding in their umbrella shorts in the back of the room. Oh. You are, and, and allowing them to have a safe space to do that, and um, there's going to be many more hundreds of people's lives that are touched because of it in the off conversations that, you know, we just had, and... Yeah. That don't even have to do with the podcast or whatever. So you guys are Thank you. pretty daggone incredible. And that is God. Be sure and check out The Full Flush with Amy. She continues her stories. You'll hear all about her umbro shorts and a great treadmill story. You think you know, but you have no idea. Here's the first minute and a half. I do. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna tell this um, treadmill story only really quickly, yeah, only no, because it's about the gym. It's fine. But I'm um, in a rush, girl. Um, but. Because it's about a really embarrassing moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, I know you, know, you love those. You I love, love them. You love, you Only love if people want to tell. Everyone oh, yeah. always thinks they have to tell it. And I'm like, no, that's just my window to break down. Sure. Like, the, that's, any, that's my end, you know, in, to like you make know, like, you feel comfortable about telling that's me That's how you make me story. belong, right? Yes. Tell me a really embarrassing story. Yes. Like, I'll tell you mine and then you just tell me whatever you want to tell me. You don't have to tell me embarrassing. But of course I will hear an embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassing story. story. <laughs> so I was thinking about these as I was trying to think of different I don't know that they're going to be like any grand aha moments your listeners might be. I already uh, had one. Okay, good. We're good then. Check. Yes. Um, So two things that are find interesting as I was writing this stuff. So it's funny how when you have to take time to prepare, I suggest everyone prepare like they're going to be on your show one day. Okay, perfect. Really? Love it. Because if they, All right, listeners, get on that. Right. Just prepare like you're coming on to flushing it out and start thinking about things that you've heard in the podcast because I went to my room last night for three hours and I just sat, yeah. To prepare for this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just because I needed the quiet time because I was really busy yesterday. Yes. And I had things that, but I just like all this stuff started coming and because I'm 50 now. Yes. There's like some cool stuff that happens in my head that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. So I, I suggest it. everyone prepare because it really lets you deep dive into your stuff a little bit. Yeah. And maybe the things you thought you were hanging on to, like my treadmill story, Ooh. aren't really like that that thing. Ba- that thing anymore. They were for a yes. while, but not anymore. That's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. 
This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.